from KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Awesome to be with you. Welcome into the new show. And welcome in uh, Chris Ranji hanging out here. Amy Markscore is going to join us in uh, about 20 minutes. She'll join us around 6.30. And then we'll all three go up till the end of the show, 8 o'clock tonight. What's up, Ranch? Uh, hey, buddy. I can do the part of, of Amy Markscore's, too. You don't have to do both roles. Okay. Just, just your one. You're, I can just tell be bad you. jokes and no, we'll just, be good to go. Just be you. All and right. that, that'll be good. Okay. And Amy will be here in about 20 minutes. We'll hang out and have... Uh, Fun and some serious discussions and all of that as we go through the rest of the night till eight o'clock. I'm like Matt Nagy, B U. It was on his uh on his don't play card on his play card it said B U. Yeah. And by the end of the season we were all saying, No, please don't stop no. being you. Yeah, don't be him. Yeah. All right, so we're going to check in with Tom Ackerman here in about six or seven minutes. And I want to start with baseball runs. Uh obviously there's a lot to take in at the beginning of a spring training. This year everything's condensed, so they everything that normally wouldn't mean a whole lot means a little bit more when you only have three weeks of this stuff to get ready. So the news we talked about yesterday with Alex Reyes is, to me, super concerning that you you had soreness from October until March. Like, he talked about it as normal soreness. I don't think there's normal soreness that lasts from October until March. I'm a little worried about that. And the, the, you know, the report from Derek Gould that he hasn't thrown off a mound mm-hmm. the entire offseason is a problem. Uh, I just don't see how you can be ready to throw in a major league game in three weeks if you haven't thrown. Most major league pitchers have been throwing since early January. I'm really wondering if what's happening here, or at least with with what he's saying, is a person who's trying to convince himself that he's going to be okay. And I hope that's not the case. I, I hope he that. really... I, hope I did re- that when I had COVID. Oh, uh, really? It's, it's probably just allergies. Uh, yeah. It's probably just allergies. No, yeah. no, it's not. I think I did the same thing, and then I couldn't taste the watermelon I was eating. Oh. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, this is a problem now. And, I, but, and I'm not, I don't want to make it sound like I'm ruling out Reyes. I mean, there are a couple of stories here that we're going to no, get into. No, he might be okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say this is panic mode, but three weeks is not the same as six. You right. have half the time. And if you haven't thrown off a mound coming into spring training, that is. I just wanted to paint the picture of how highly unusual that is. I mean, most major league players start ramping up the beginning of the new year. Yes. They go very slowly, but by the time they report, they've been throwing off the mound for a while. And when you've gotten to this point and it's still feeling sore to you. A little worried. Yeah, I, I think being worried is the approach, at least for the rest of us. If yeah. you're him... I think you want to avoid being worried. You want to be as He's optimistic as you so can much. be, and that's exactly yeah. the point. He's been through so much injury stuff already, and and somewhere in the back of his mind, he's probably thinking, "Oh no, let's n- yeah. no nope, nope. I'm I'm not hurt. I'm going to be okay, and maybe he will be. Hope and so. I hope that he is because he's a piece they're really going to need this talented, year. Man. Yes. I mean, super talented. And then today's news, we're going to talk about this with Tom Ackerman in a few minutes. Uh, but today's news, they, they had to send Jack Flaherty for an examination on his shoulder today. Now, yeah. again, my, I don't. we didn't get an update. Like, we haven't heard Flaherty hasn't thrown off a mound since October. <laughs> we haven't heard that. He, he, he most likely has been ramping up normally. So if that's the case and you have a little soreness, that wouldn't be as disturbing to me. Uh, the Reyes thing scares me a little bit more. But I will say, 
anytime you have had a shoulder thing and then you hear the term shoulder again, it's a little worrisome because shoulders are cranky jerks. Like they are a pain in the butt. And they're very difficult to overcome when you finally do heal. Like a lot of guys who have shoulder injuries and they end up needing surgery on those injuries or they're just extended injuries. It's it's difficult for them to come back and ever be truly 100% or what they were prior to the injury. So it's always a little bit worrisome. The word inflammation worries me. Really? When it comes, yeah, it does. When it comes That's to pictures. That's not the one that worries me. <laughs> what, what worries you? Rotator cuff. Oh, rotator cuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's two but words. That's not one. But <laughs> the reason the reason inflammation concerns me is that inflammation a lot of times it, it and and I don't have evidence to back this up. I don't have data to back this oh, up. Oh, good. So we should totally listen to this. So one. let's listen to it. But it does feel like and, and go back and think about all the times you hear a pitcher say, "Well, he's going to rest because of inflammation. Right, it's right. going to be 15 days. Going to be you know a couple of weeks, whatever." And the inflammation tends to be a problem that lingers for the season, or at least something that comes back later. That does happen a lot. Again, I don't have like hard numbers in front of me on this, but that, but that is something that does occur. You know, inflammation, unfortunately, sometimes is used to as a cover for what's really right. going on. Like you tell everybody else it's inflammation when you're worried that it might be something else. Yeah. Because any injury has inflammation as a part of it. Right. Because the, everything around it is sore and there's extra blood going there to try to help it heal and yeah. like that's you know so again it's, it's an injury response so in, right but inflammation to me in and of itself isn't a concern it's you know what's at the cause of it so well, that's what with, i'm talking with about michael waka right michael waka had the shoulder blade issue and yeah. you know it took a long time to figure it out and it's it's very difficult and requires some management but you can he was having a stress reaction in his shoulder blade as a result of how he throws baseball and I don't know that it's anything like that. That's why I'm not worried yet about Jack Flaherty. What I'm worried about with Flaherty has nothing to do with whether or not it's going to be serious because we don't know. It's the time. You don't. You only have three weeks to right. ramp up to, to start major league games, which means even with this year, people holding back a little bit, you have to be ready to throw 80 pitches. Well, if you have to sit for three or four or five days to let inflammation calm down, take anti-inflammatories, do some rehab stuff, I don't know why I was showing you how to do the rehab stuff, but I was doing the the band. Yeah, doing the band exercise. Yeah. I was doing part of the thrower's ten right there for you. The uh, but but that even even a four or five day delay sure. can put you know the the beginning of the regular season in question with this compressed schedule. So and you that's could, what my main concern is now. I and I think if you're the athlete, you probably feel some pressure as much as your coaching staff and your strength and conditioning staff and whoever trying to keep you from doing too much. Yes. You probably feel the pressure of, well, I got to do what I got to do to get ready. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do this quickly. And when you compress everything like that, the odds of it leading to injury are increased. Now we do have to keep in mind, everybody's dealing with this. Every team has every somebody team, dealing with this stuff. Yep. Yes. Every team has is going to go through the exact same process in getting ready for the season with the exact same amount of time. So, I would not be surprised in the first couple of months we see quite a few injuries, probably more than normal. Hopefully it doesn't happen with the Cardinals. Right. I would imagine it is going to be league-wide, however. For sure, 100%. Chris Ranji, Kevin Wheeler here. Amy Marks, Corps is going to join us in about 15 minutes. Tom Ackerman will join us when we come back from Jupiter here on KMOX. Tuesday night on KMOX, Kevin Wheeler, Chris Ranji hanging out right now. Amy Marks, Corps will join us in about 10 minutes. A buddy Tom Ackerman joining us right now from Jupiter. 
uh, from our T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center down in Jupiter, Florida. And Tommy, uh, you know, here Raj and I were just talking about some of the worries of the day. And obviously the big worry today is uh, the examination with Jack Flaherty. We don't know if it's going to be anything, but at least right now, it's got me a little bit concerned. Yeah, I mean, and good evening, guys. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. I, I, I mean, it's March 15th, and it's Jack Flaherty, who could very well have been starting opening day at Bush Stadium on April 7th. So the fact that he hasn't pitched in a game yet is one thing. We're at that point of spring training where nobody has pitched in a game yet, but now he's getting his shoulder examined a day after Alex Reyes does. I mean, yeah, the level of concern for me is trending high until I hear something different just because I've, and you and I and Chris and everybody else have been through all of these stories before. We know what that means when somebody has a shoulder issue, shoulders can linger. And we already know that he had a shoulder injury before uh, that he dealt with something on August 25th, uh, you know, 12 days after he was returning from an oblique, He has the shoulder strain, comes back, pitches a little bit here and there late in the year. But, you know, we we were hoping to see a fresh Jack Flaherty, and now we don't have that. And then so that's definitely a concern. And and certainly the concern is heightened because there's such a limited amount of time that he can get ready and everybody else can get ready, especially the the pitching staff. It's going to be difficult here over the next few weeks to be ready for a major league season. Do you get the sense... That and, and maybe this is impossible for you to know, that he is more concerned or the team is more concerned than maybe we even are? Or do you, or do you think they're taking a more optimistic route? Having not talked to Jack or Ollie or John Mosellock, I don't want to speak for him, but you know, to think about it, I, I have to think that everybody is just waiting to see what the image shows and I don't know exactly what he got what the examination was but whatever the result is what that shows tonight or tomorrow morning is going to be very important to them and of course you hope that this is from our standpoint uh, following this team that it's just a precautionary thing I think that you definitely are doing the right thing as soon as you have any sort of discomfort or maybe not even discomfort, but something doesn't feel right. You got to go get it checked out. I mean, they already went through this yesterday with Alex and his was residual soreness that lasted throughout the off season. This one is a little different because I hadn't heard anything about Jack having any sort of issue, except for the fact that we knew he had a shoulder strain back in August and, and didn't come out of that for a month. So yeah, I, you know, I don't know where they are and their level of concern, if that's any different than ours, I got to think everybody's kind of the same in that not knowing anything until those doctors check it out and really look and see. Now, to answer your first question, though, about hustling and kind of getting the spring training going and how are you going to get everybody innings, I actually talked to Miles Michaelis about it. I always feel like Miles will just (laughs) tell it to you straight. And he said, I did a little, a quick little interview with him before we left the ballpark today, and he said, I really think there's a lot of innings for everybody. He said, I know this is a short spring training, but I do think there will be a lot of opportunities. And what he's alluding to is that their schedule is going to be bananas. I mean, they're going to oh, yeah. put guys out on the on the backfields. They're going to let guys get out there. They they went, I mean, to give you any indication, day one, they go to a live BP. I mean, when have you ever seen that? But when have you ever seen a spring training like this? So they go right out of the gate. Wainwright throws a live BP. Michaelis throws a live BP today. 
they get after it right away. They're going to let these guys throw, get their pitch counts up, and get some innings and go. Hopefully, Jack Flaherty can do that. I did not see him at the workout today, so that didn't really raise a red flag for me, but I just kind of wondered. I wonder when he is going to throw a live BP. I actually was doing it in my head thinking, I wonder what the next set of starters are. I can't wait to see them. And then I hear the news about Jack. So it, it will shake you a little bit, but you know, I'm, I'm, I, I have to hope that this is just an early look spring training thing that the Cardinals want to make absolutely sure that he's okay. On the better side, we did get to see Jordan Hicks throw today, and more specifically, you got to see him throw up close today. How'd he look? Oh, boy. So he looked good, and I think Genesis Cabrera looked as good or better. Let me start with Hicks. Hicks comes out. He's on the far left. So if you can imagine, this bullpen is located between fields two and five. So in the backfields, it, it's a bit of a walk from the clubhouse to get out there, but it's it's a really nice one. But they're all lined up, and Hicks is far left, so a bunch of us go over there, and you could just see the players start to walk over, uh, the some other people around the staff and the coaches. Everybody knows what's going on. Number 12's throwing. So Hicks is over there, and he gets ready, and, and he kind of warms up, has his little warm-up tosses, and now here he goes. So he goes off the mound, and the first pitch sails over the catcher's head. And the second pitch is way out of the zone, and the catcher has to reach for it. And the third pitch was a little out of the zone, too. Then he starts dialing it in. And you can see that he's got the velocity. It's not 104, 105. He's not letting it eat. You wouldn't in a bullpen anyway. But he's bringing it, and he's more interested in hitting his spots. And he starts to do that. And it it looks really good out of the hand of Jordan Hicks. And afterwards, he said that he did have jitters right away. (laughs) So he got those jitters out, those first three, got him out of his system. And then he started to really dial it in. And I thought that that was good. So it's a good start. But most importantly, he doesn't feel pain, or at least he didn't when we talked to him afterwards, is that you know he felt inflammation throughout this post-Tommy John Actually, he had a partial tear, he said, in in that elbow, uh, and the inflammation was there, and, and it was always just something he had to deal with, and he heard that, that you're going to have to deal with that after Tommy John, but it just kept on and on, and you know, it, it bothered his range of motion. That was not the case today, according to Jordan. Now, next to him was Henesis Cabrera, and Henesis was bringing some serious heat and coming off one day of travel issues where he couldn't catch a flight here in time, he's able to, or his flight got canceled or something like that. He's able to get here today, and he looked great. He looked like Genesis Cabrera coming right out of the season. I mean, he, he was excellent to the point where I started going through my head, what are the closer options again for the Cardinals? I mean, he's, <laughs> he's right there. He looked great. Uh, he's not a starter. He's a reliever. It, it'll tell you something that Hicks and Cabrera are working out of the bullpen and not being used in any of these live BPs. These guys are going to be relievers. But there is a thought that you could use one or both of them in multi-inning roles so they could become real weapons for you. And hopefully they both stay healthy because that's a pretty good one-two punch. And then you mentioned um, you know, this bullpen. 
we've talked about it so many times. Giovanni Gallegos has come into his own as one of a one of the great big game pitchers, I think, in the National League. And I think he will be definitely in the mix for closer. He's already shown he can do that. He isn't here because of a personal matter, but he should be here soon. Beyond just getting out of camp and being as healthy as possible, that's the concern for, for this team and, and obviously all the teams. Is there one thing that in your mind has to be answered or needs to be answered before they break camp? I think their biggest thing is DH. You have to know who that is. And the 1A would be who is your shortstop, but you do have two of them. Uh, And, you know, would they go outside the organization at this point to get a shortstop? I know Trevor Story's name gets tossed around a lot. Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer to that. My guess is just hearing what they say, that answer is no, unless they surprise me. Paul DeYoung is in a big competition here for his job. I actually talked about this with Ollie this morning, is that this is a very important camp for Paul. He knows that. They know that. And he's really put it upon himself to win this job, knowing that Edmundo Sosa is a really good player, and they like Sosa a lot. And he will be pushing Paul. In Ollie's words to me, he said, we have two good shortstops. Now, Paul's going to have to prove that. He didn't say that. I'm saying that. Paul's going to have to prove that. Um but that's that's really what they all know. I mean, Paul's going to have to prove that he's the guy that got that done a few years ago and then got COVID and it hurt him and then got hurt and that hurt him. And he has not been the same for the last couple of years. We want to see, the Cardinals want to see the Paul DeYoung that hits 30 home runs and drives in a bunch of runs, plays good in the field and can play just about every day. And that's what you want to see out of him. I think that's really important. And then the DH thing is very intriguing. You know, do they go with a young guy? Do they go with one of their players on the 26 man who can just jump around to the fourth outfielder or another middle infielder? Or is it Juan Yepes? I mean, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with it or do they go outside? You know, so we'll see. Keep an eye on it. Tommy, keep it. Uh, keep us informed tomorrow. We'll definitely check in with you again. In the meantime, uh, have a beer, have a nice dinner, and get some rest before you get back at it tomorrow, buddy. I will go do that. I appreciate it. And then uh, late tonight, I'm going to watch the Hoosiers. Nice. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. highly anticipating this start of the NCAA tournament for them. Good so, luck yeah, to your been, fellas. Been a, thanks, man. It's been a big day over here, and we'll have coverage uh, tomorrow morning right here. All right, buddy. Have a good night. We'll talk to you then. We'll obviously hear from you on Total Information AM, but be good. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. Tom Ackerman down in Jupiter, T.R. Hughes Spring Training Center. And uh, obviously a lot more news to come in the, in these next few days. And we already got games on Friday, so uh, not a lot to worry about there. I'll tell you what there is to worry about, and we'll expand on this a little bit when we come back. Um, COVID is not done with Major League Baseball. Oh, boy. In fact, uh, there's still some issues we got to get through. We'll touch on it when we come back here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. With special reports from Cardinals Camp and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, this is Sports Open Line on KMOX. At Tuesday night, Sports Open Line. Chris Ranji, Amy Marks, of course, jumping in studio. Hi, Amy. Hey, guys. Good to see you. Good, Good to, to see, see you. you. We uh, we have some stuff that we're going to get into next hour that might be a little bit more on the on the serious conversation side. I got something I want to get into related to gambling uh, with the NCAA tournament starting, and you know, gambling basically becoming the new growth industry related to Mm -hmm. sports. We'll touch on some of that. Um, I got to get to the story out of New York now because we know that city of New York has 
pretty strict COVID rules, right? So we know that Kyrie Irving has not been able to play basketball and home games this year because if you're not vaccinated, you cannot play sports in New York City. You can't do that. That's one of the rules. It's not just applying to sports, but I mean, right. that's what it means to the sports world. And that's starting to come up now with the Yankees and Mets. You know, people are asking Aaron Judge about it today, and he didn't say he was asked if he was vaccinated, and he really just tiptoed around it. He wouldn't answer it. So we probably assume that that means a no. Yeah, it's definitely. Otherwise, a no. you just say, yeah, yeah, yeah of course yeah. I did. Right. Um, so what they're facing now, though, is that for the Yankees, that's 81 games. At home, that you, right now under the present rules, you wouldn't have your best player, <laughs> and you can't go to Canada. You cannot go to play Toronto. That's in your division, so that's nine or ten games right. that you have to take out of it. So we're, now we're already talking about potentially half the season. Now these things can change. Aaron Judge could go get start to get the process of getting vaccinated today. Yeah, he won't. And, no, I'm saying he could. He, I mean, he could. And New York could change the rules right. at some point. Which, just as a side note, is anticipating cities changing their rules. I think that's what Novak Djokovic is counting on for these majors. That yes. COVID yes. will be under control, and then he can play in these major tournaments unvaccinated. Because otherwise, he has given up potentially his opportunity to be the greatest most decorated tennis player of all time. Yeah. Well, I I think that if the Kyrie Irving thing, and maybe we are in a different place now. Actually, we are. Yeah, I know yeah. we're we're in a different place now than we were in December and January for for, for sure. Significantly different. Yeah. However, I I'm wondering if what's happening in the UK now, what's happening in Hong Kong now, in parts of China right now, it always seems like it starts there first. And it ends up coming our way. And they're seeing waves again, hospitalizations and Oh, it's really bad in China. Yes. Yeah, Especially so, in Hong Kong. I mean, don't they have, I think they have two major cities locked yeah, down. It's, it's, yeah, they're in bad shape now. So if you look weeks ahead, and I know there are some people already that are talking about it, and people who know this stuff, experts who are saying that I would not be surprised if we get to the first or second week of April and we're doing this all again. So if the health officials in New York are looking at that data and they're looking ahead, they're going to say, well, we're not going to do anything yet because we've got a cosmopolitan city where people are are traveling to and from all the time, all parts of the world. So we're not going to change these rules. Maybe it happens before the start of the season, but I'm at this point, I doubt it because I guarantee they're looking around the world, seeing what's happening and they don't want to follow that path. I think this is fascinating. Oh, this is, it's mind blowing when you look at what potentially could happen. Yeah. And it's, what's fascinating to me is also the difference in sports, right? Like in the NHL, they have one guy that's not vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Bertuzzi. Yep, It's Bertuzzi in Detroit. He's the only one. Tyler Bertuzzi, not Mm -hmm. Todd. He's long gone. Um, But the, not, he's not dead, but he's long gone. The in baseball, like so, so it was pretty good. Like the Cardinals got to their eighty-five percent last year. I think that was the number, right? You had to hit eighty-five percent to make sure that you had free range of travel and right. things like that. But that's also counting the coaches and the staff. And I saw Mike Puma of the New York Post talking about the Mets today, and he said, "Yeah, they were at seventy-seven percent last year, so under that number." But that was counting the manager and the coaching staff. So on the roster, it was only like fifty-five percent. That's a lot of guys. Yes, it is. That's that's half your team. Yeah. How 
How do does the sport have to do something, or do you just say basically too bad? There's small nothing, roster, you can't replace them. What's the sport going to do? I, I take paychecks away from guys? They're going to have well, a they're fight. not going to get paid for that. Well, yeah, but it's, isn't it wasn't that a part of what they bargained with the COVID rules? Was if you miss time due to COVID, you don't get paid. That I don't remember. Is that I don't? I you might be up. right on that. I I don't recall if that was part of the CBA or, maybe that, you or know not. What, that was hockey. I think. Actually, okay. that was hockey. I think I mixed that up. But if you, you probably have a large contingent of baseball players who are not vaccinated and would not have gone for that little detail in the CBA unless they said, well, the other stuff's good enough. This COVID thing is going to go away soon enough. I don't have to worry about it. I, I don't know. Because they're I, pretty cash right now, baseball is, don't you think? Yeah, because... The I mean, season, you got people back in the locker room. Yeah. Now, the people covering the team have to be triple vaxxed and wear masks in the clubhouse. Right. So the people covering the team are being held to that standard. But I just think that this is a really weird spot for baseball, and you've only got a few weeks to figure this out. Now, is New, is New York the only place that has that rule, that, the rules that are that strict? In the country, I think so. Yeah. Because, because this is a private only, sector it, rule. It, right. Yeah, it's the only place that Kyrie can't play. Right. That's my I understanding. I mean, he can't play in Toronto, right, but, Toronto. He, but he can't but play here. But in the U.S., it's only, it's yeah, only, it's the only in New place. York. Right, because the new mayor, Mayor Eric Adams, he did he lifted that vaccine mandate that covered indoor spaces like gyms and dining and entertainment. This, this falls under the previous mayor, Bill de Blasio's vaccine mandate on private sector employees. So you would they and the city said they're not going to make exceptions for individuals. Right. What a disaster. What an optics nightmare that would be if you carved out an exception for Can't a handful of millionaires after a lot of these the essential workers. workers. Yeah. Lost their job. By the way, it was like 1400 city workers that got let go, right? Yeah, and it was something like 99.6% who got the vaccination. So we, we say like right, 1,400, it's 1400, but it's, you're right, it's out of 100,000, yeah, right? Yeah, like right. thousands and thousands of guys, of people right. did actually do the thing they're supposed to do. So I, I don't think you're going to, at this point, this is truly political. I think there are some people who are legitimately afraid of vaccinations. I think there are some. Yeah, no, I, I, I know people who they're not playing the political game. In fact, they could care less about politics and they truly are just uncertain yeah, I, because they feel like the vaccine's new. But I agree that that's a, a, probably a minority I, of what we're seeing. Yes, I, I think there are some people who are very concerned about what they put in their bodies, but then they go have, uh, you know, 14 Bud Lights at the end of the week. Um, <laughs> well, it, yeah. you know, but, okay, but, but, yes. I, but I do think that the majority of the people who are refusing to do it are making a political decision. And I think this is, that is the worst way to go about deciding if you're going to get a vaccination or not. But I truly believe, and and maybe Aaron Judge, if he ever admits to not getting vaccinated, maybe he can convince us otherwise, no, this isn't political, and, and really it's about I care about my body and what I put in it. But I just don't believe most of these guys. Well, I, I think most of them are doing it because of politics. What's interesting to me is that athletes have put in their entire I lives, know, their entire lives, say. they put their trust and they listen to the doctors. Yep. When they get hurt, they don't be like, no, I'm not going to do that surgery. They're making a second opinion. Right. But they follow what the doctors say. And, right. And, and so if they're not sure about one doctor, you go to another doctor and say, does that confirm it? Right. So if somebody needs Tommy John, you're going to get the first opinion. And mm-hmm. if you're not 100% sure, you're going to go see Dr. Andrews. Are you going to go see Dr. Job? Are you going to go to whoever the other specialists are in your area? You're not just going to look at one doctor. But the point is, ultimately... You end up putting your career in the hands of the medical professionals who have studied these topics 
and you submit to that wholly until you get to this. Yes. Okay. And also, is it is it fair to say that Major League Baseball players have not, in the history, the recent history of the game, exhibited the greatest discretion and prudence when it came to <laughs> shots? Oh, you mean like the cream and the clear? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I didn't know. I that, didn't know. It's not always an injection, Amy. <laughs> no, but it's funny, though, because you're right. Like... And I know that these aren't necessarily the same players. Right. It's the same sport. Right. It's the but, same I, but, sport. But there are guys in baseball right now doing those things. It's happening. And they have no idea what's in those things. Now, maybe they're the ones that took the vaccines. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe they're like, hey, I don't care at this point. I'm just going to do what I need to do. And there maybe. are guys who are, who are taking probably more Adderall than, first of yeah. all, that wasn't prescribed to them in the first place. And secondly, probably taking more than they should just because they want to be able to I stay awake like for the season. Everyone has concerns, but it's all cost-benefit analysis. You get the vaccine, they think, oh, maybe not. You get the vaccine and you're guaranteed to hit 40 home runs. They're all getting no, the vaccine. The, oh, yeah, yeah they'll that, definitely that's, that's do the it. Old, yeah. uh, that's the old Barry Bonds vaccine. That is the thing that will supersede all the politics is yes. that money. If Victor Conte Bring says it's going to make me bigger and stronger, I'm going to go Everybody's got a price. Yep. Yeah, we'll see how that rolls. All right, hang tight. We, we haven't done any blues this week. Let's talk a little bit about the Blue Note next on KMOX. Tuesday night sports open line. Kevin Wheeler with you here. I've got my friends Chris Ranji and Amy Marks, of course, in until 8 o'clock. Uh, we haven't we haven't had a chance the last couple of nights to do much on the Blues, and we'll just do a quick hitter here because obviously don't have a ton of time there. But I wanted to throw just a theoretical question at you guys mm-hmm. um, because you know the trade deadline's coming up. The Blues have a clear need on the blue line; they need help on defense, and ideally somebody that would play on the top pairing with Colton Pareko. So they 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 could really use a significant addition to make themselves a better a better contender for a deep playoff run. I mean, they're pretty good; they could. But what I'm curious to throw at you guys is kind of the philosophy that the blues have had in recent years being a lot like the Cardinals in that they're not really a let's go for it Mm -hmm. kind of a team, but they want to do everything with both the short and the long term in mind. And I got to say, I can't really argue with the results because the odds are very difficult when it comes to making the playoff run. And I'm not saying you don't try, but it, 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 the teams that sent that tend to kind of go all in once in a while and then fall back, don't always get back very fast, if that makes any sense. Right, and they've been really good at being, I mean, consistency is a perfect word for the organization, especially over the last several years. I guess what you have to do is take a look at where you are compared to where, say, Colorado is. And in in one deal, does it, does it put you, because I still think the Avalanche are the best team, um, in the Western Conference, and oh, they they're probably, the best team in the they, league to me. Yeah. yeah, and and they've been and they've been going this direction for like what about the last three or four years? Yeah, I would say getting to this point, how much closer do you get to what they are, or do you do you just rely on maybe the luck of of being in the postseason and maybe they get bounced early and you don't have to worry about All it? All you need to do is be able to beat them four times out of seven. You don't right. have to be as good as them. You don't have to or, catch them in the standings. Or hope they're gone by the time you get to them. Or yeah, or hope that somebody <laughs> else does the job for you, but that's not going to happen. I think that still amazes me about 2019 when I look back at that team is how that team was built to win in four rounds of playoff hockey. They used 27 of 28 games to win the Stanley Cup. You put that team against Boston in round two. I'm not sure who comes out on top. It's who you play, when you play them. That's and the right. Blues played a style of hockey that was a war of attrition. And it would 
wear the other team down just before it wore them down. Like that, quite literally, they would bring <laughs> bring each team to the brink and hope that that team would break before they did. And that postseason run probably should have been over like three times. Do you know when the like Blues- there were so yeah, yeah. many there were so many different moments. And that, there were so many other teams in, in, in Blues history that were better than that yes. one. Yes. That could have easily yeah. won it, but just didn't. But, you know, when I've talked to Cardinals players, you look at the championship in 06 and, and 11, you ask them what the best team they ever saw or played on was, and they all go back to that 04 team. Yeah. It takes, it's so weird well, how many yeah. things yeah. have to fall into yeah. place. It's yeah. not just the roster. It's, okay, there were other teams that had best players on the Blues, but the Blues had the best team. Yeah. There's a difference between and, individuals and a team. And you're playing. See, this is this is the truth of all playoffs. It's not what your record is. It doesn't matter if you have 98 wins on a baseball team or if you've got 120 points in the NHL or if you've got 98. How are you playing at that moment? And then how healthy is your opponent? How healthy is your team? I do think it's pretty clear this team needs help in the top four. Mm-hmm. They need somebody to play with Colton Pareko, and they need it very badly. Because I don't because you have to be able to get past Colorado. You don't have to be as good as them, right? But you do have to be able to beat them. And I don't think that's as that's a that's a I don't think that's a likelihood. The way your top four on defense is structured right now. Well, also, do you consider yourself to be a team that because you have a Stanley Cup in the last you know three years? Yeah, yeah. That that there's a window that exists now. And let's get everything we can out of this window, even if we fall short of it. And then we'll deal with the repercussions later of all the pieces we trade away, the assets we let go to make a deal happen now. But we're willing to sacrifice that because we want to get closer to Colorado and we want to maybe try and win another one before this window is closed. Do you look at it that way if you're them? Do you look at it that way? You know, I almost look at it as it's a different window. I mean, this sounds. It, it doesn't. Be. Make, it sounds, no, you're right. It, it it's could a be. different yeah. window. It's a window, but it's a different window because I know, just in the sports world, right? COVID had a lot of repercussions. One of them, that window fundamentally changed for the Blues. Yeah, I, and I think that they've got a long-term structure in place where they're going to be fine. I think you can trade future assets, and based on what you have now, as far as young players and long-term deals, you're going to be okay. You'll be able to adjust, and when those other deals come off, spend more money. <laughs> hey, <laughs> money hurts. fixes everything. Hey, we're going to talk gambling and, and really everybody's Speaking responsibility when it comes to gambling after the news on KMOX.